Hello, everyone, and welcome to Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Plane Shares Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Austin Pryor from Malcolm, Malkovich, 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 Malkovich Minute. <laughs> I think I got that. There's enough of those, right? Yeah, that's, that, that's covered. <laughs> welcome to the show, Austin. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great, great to have you here. I'm, I'm glad that uh, I was able to find some time for you to be on. And thank you for the short notice, even though, oh yeah, you know, even yeah, though it takes no weeks problem. till this will come out, but still, you know, yeah, I appreciate yeah. Well, that. yeah, well, it was uh, it was great. I was glad to be uh, slotted in for this movie. I love this movie, and um, because of your uh, great uh, tight military scheduling, your th- this episode <laughs> we're doing now will be out long before the episodes that you and I recorded for Malkovich, Malkovich Minute Minute Back in August. ages ago. I yeah, think it was August, 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 okay, you know August 2021. Yeah, yeah. Or it was yeah, the don't, don't name it. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, come on. It's um, fun. I'm not, I'm, I'm all, not, I, I'm not slating you. It's fun. Oh, no, I know. We I know. all have our own schedules that, that we stand by, and that, that's Abs- what works. Absolutely. We I'm all a firm got, believer uh, stuff that going every, on. That's right. I'm a firm believer that everyone should do what's good for them, how it works for them, and you right just roll with, you roll with the flow, roll with the punches. Yeah, yeah. All right. I just have all those fans clamoring for my uh, for my output, though. You know. Yeah, I, I understand. Down. I understand. <laughs> that's uh, that's the problem. You know, you don't want you don't want to lose them. No. <laughs> so, you know, you just you, you give them little little teases here and there, and that that should that should work. Absolutely. You know, throw them out a little episode on April Fools or something like that. You know, you never know. Might just do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or I think you did do it because this I will because sure. this, this you know this is airing yeah. this is airing months later. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll we'll give you credit and say that you did it. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, minute seventy one begins with Susan looking on while lying in bed, and ends with Dell continuing to talk to Marie and obviously to the audience. Okay, so mm-hmm. basically on Friday we ended this with Dell and Neil finally getting to the El Rancho Motel. Neil mm-hmm. was able to uh, pawn off his watch and get a room. Dell's Casio just wasn't good enough for <laughs> for Gennaro from from Jurassic Park, and that's who he was. I was like, I knew, I knew <laughs> the guy. Yeah, that's great. And he turned off the lights, and that's it. And then. We saw Neil in the room where he picked up the phone and wanted to make a phone call, uh, presumably to his wife, but yeah. the phone was locked and he couldn't use it. So then we ended by seeing this shot of Susan and this minute actually is broken, breaks the minute on Friday and the minute today breaks that little, small little, little yeah. look at her. And we get the, the tail end of that look, which, uh, you know, she, even just looking at her face here, she looks that she's missing her husband. You know, I was wondering when he's going to come home and stuff like that, which which I think is great, especially knowing how the, the original script worked out. Do you know how long the original script was like? How long was the original cut of the movie? Do you know that? Oh, well, I I do happen to know this. Yeah, I, I was um, Steve Martin was talking in an interview with Mark Cousins. He did a long interview, really good kind of whole career retrospective. And he mentioned, I can't remember now if it was three hours or three and a half hours, but it was it was in that region. It was and, a uh, three hour and 45 minutes. 3.45. Wow. Wow. Yes. Um, and 
I, think about that. I this mean, movie's 93 minutes, and they I know. were able they cut an entire two hours and 15 minutes from the movie. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, I want to see that cut. And over the years, understanding more about filmmaking and what ends up being cut and everything, I'm like, yeah, I'm probably okay not seeing that. Right. Okay, well, well, I I completely agree with you. Now, I do have the final shooting script because they, they obviously shot all of those scenes. So one of the things yeah. that I do in every single episode is mention the discrepancies between the original right. shooting script and the movie. So uh, actually, t- today we're going to get a lot. So, you know, we'll, wow. we'll get to that. Okay. We're going to tease people a little bit. So, you know, when, when we get to that segment of the show, we'll we'll talk about it. So, but one of the things that they have in this movie, a subplot that was cut out completely. And again, this was edited out. It wasn't even, it wasn't cut out when they were filming it. It was edited out afterwards is that Susan, Neil's wife is very upset at him and thinks that he's having an affair with, with someone and that he's Ah. just making up these lies about being stuck with someone named Del. Ah, I see. Yes. All right. Cause that puts a different complexion on, Hello, Mr. Griffith at the end of the movie and Yes. Yeah, on the stairs and stuff. That's yeah, because that that actually makes her believe and understand yeah. that he was telling the truth the whole time. That's yeah. that's what yeah. the original script did. But you know, it's it's still nice that they have it there. There's no question about that. But just looking at her face here says mm. so much because because it doesn't look like she's a woman who's angry at her husband. No. Just by looking but at it, her face here. But it does, I do have a bit of a problem with her character in the movie. Now, I mean, first of all, she's very just underdeveloped and she's not really a big part of this movie at all. And she's well, because they cut out, they cut out all of her. Yeah, which makes sense. I'm now, I'm now discovering why. Yeah. But, and, and also she's, she's really there. She needs to be there for the plot and, you know, she's, she's a kind of a stand in for wife and, and, and family and home. And so, he needs to get back to her and everything. So, you know, she needs to be part of it in that way. Um, but there's a there's a couple of scenes in it where she's just kind of being like, oh, well, why? Why is it taking so long? Why are you in Wichita? Was it like, OK, this is this is something that's happening to Neil. OK, don't be you know what I mean? I, I if, if I was if I was having trouble getting home, um. Uh, my wife wouldn't be going like, well, what the hell are you doing? Why, you know, not that she was that extreme with it. You know what I no, mean? No, but but think about but, it. Think about it a little bit from her perspective. Okay, she wasn't happy about the fact that he was traveling right before the holidays. So if yes. your wife had said to you, you know, I Austin, I really don't think that you should go. I want you to stay home because the holidays are about to happen. And you say, no, I gotta go. It's very important for me to go. And then she could say, okay, you know what? I'm gonna let you go. But she she might still. I'm not. I, I'm not saying anything by. about your wife. <laughs> you know, don't don't take that the wrong way. Hopefully, what are you saying about yeah. my wife? No, that, no, this is definitely not the time to be saying that. This is, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and we're not talking about Will Smith at all. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> but still, make that connection. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but still, the the idea is is that that you know she has her issues with him, and the full script explains that, and because of the way that they cut it. You know, yeah. uh, unfairly for 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 the actress, you know, yeah. for, for that, you know, she that she isn't given enough to do here. I mean, I actually reached out for out out to her and wanted to try and get her on the show, but she 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 actually liked 
my Twitter, but that was it. Okay. She, she okay. Didn't, Nothing more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, yeah. She didn't. She didn't respond. Um, it would have been nice if 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 you are listening. Okay, Layla Robbins, if you are listening, <laughs> feel free to to contact me, and I will have you on the show without a problem at all. You know, we'll just we'll just cut Austin's minutes. You know. We'll yeah, that's that, fine. Yeah, we'll just jump in. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. No. So my point that, is, is that that yeah. you know, as as you know, any of us who are married, we know that sometimes there are issues that, when you look at them from one perspective, it's completely different from the other perspective. So that that's what's happening here. Sure. Yeah. And it just for me, the movie doesn't support her perspective enough. Like, did is it covered in the movie that that question of I wanted you to not go in the first place and now you're going and you better not at all. You know what I mean? Nope. Yeah. So that's completely cut out. Yeah. So that's cut out. And the affair suspicion is cut out. So it does make her kind of unsympathetic. It's just like the only thing I makes her a little too vanilla. Yeah. Um, and the only thing I could do kind of to mentally fix it while I was watching was I was saying, well, I guess the context is he's and, and this is covered later with a line that he's spending way too much time away from home. So this is part of a pattern. And that's why she's kind of more justified in being so, so ticked off, you know. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, I did think it was a, a shame, you know. She's uh, a good actor. She's good in the role, and there's not that much for her to do, as you're saying. Yeah. Mm. Right. All right. What can you do about it? So yeah, I mean, yeah. we, we, we get this, this shot of her, which, again, you're only going to notice when you're watching a movie minute by minute because of the fact that she's literally only on screen in this scene for a few seconds. Yeah. You know, even though it's, cut, it's split up between two minutes. But it doesn't show somebody who is um, – Upset at her, at her husband, which I which I no, love. No, she seems maybe worried and just lonely for him. Yeah, right. And then we get a shot back in the room, and Neil decides to to hang up the phone. You know, he's 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 not able to make a phone call. Now, did you notice that there's a picture behind him? I sure did. I just have written in my notes, Roy Orbison? Question mark. <laughs> exactly. That is definitely Roy Orbison. What do you, what do you know about Roy Orbison? You know anything about him? Um, I mean, there was a big kind of Roy Orbison revival in the 80s that I was that I, you know, I lived through uh, that and the movie Pretty Woman put the song Pretty Woman on the map. I can tell you that I have sung the song Oh Pretty Woman, as is the correct name of it, um, maybe 600 times. Wow. Um, because I was in a wedding band for 10 years that did, I mean, probably more actually, because it was one of the early songs we added. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I know that, uh, Roy Orbison, I quite like Roy Orbison. I'm not, I'm not, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan or anything, but, um, uh, yeah, it's just one of those artists that I would have completely dismissed when I was younger and into like, you know, cool music and and um then you just hear stuff like that and you're like that's a that's a well put together song and i I like his vocals and stuff um and then he got like he was in the traveling wilburys in the 80s and and um worked with uh what do you call yellow guy um jeff lynn of elo and so jeff lynn produced some of roy orbison's comeback numbers at around Mm -hmm. that time as well and um 
Yeah, so that's uh, I think I've exhausted my Roy Orbison knowledge there. <laughs> okay, so I mean, I I didn't know very much about it beforehand. First of all, yeah, you mentioned Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman came out three years after this movie, so you know right. he's okay. not yeah. even popular for yeah, he hasn't the movie comeback. at this point. Okay, mm. and also the the song Only the Lonely, which was a John Candy movie, which came out I oh, think in ninety one, if I remember correctly. With, um, Maureen O'Hara. That's right, and yeah, Ali Sheedy. Yeah. So, right. yeah, so yeah. Roy Orbison, Roy Kelton Orbison, that's a strange that's right. middle name. Yeah. I so he was born on uh, April 23rd, 1936, and he passed away on December 6th, 1988, which is just a little over a year after this movie is taking place, even though wow. it was filmed yeah, beforehand. Yeah. Okay, he was known for his impassioned singing style, complex song structures, and dark emotional ballads. <laughs> okay. He his nicknames were the Caruso of of rock and the Big O. The Big O. Yeah. And he would usually stand motionless when he was singing, and he would wear black clothes with his dyed black hair and dark sunglasses. And apparently, he he did this stance and whatever in order to counter and combat his uh, own shyness and stage fright. If he just right. stood there like yeah. a rock. You know, it would help. 22 of his songs reached the Billboard Top 40. And he had a bunch of number, uh, top 10s also, including Only Lonely, Running Scared, Crying, In Dreams, and Oh Pretty Woman, as you mentioned. I was I was very shocked to see that, that he died at the age of 52. Wow. I always yeah. assumed that he was that's... much older. Yeah. Yeah. He was very young. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much uh, uh, what, he, what I had Yeah, because he was like... He was a very odd-looking guy, and we never saw his eyes. And I don't know, was he? Did he have some? He was a zombie. Eyes or... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I've heard that he did have some some issue with his eyes, or um, some problem with the pigment or something. I don't want to wildly speculate now if I don't. And I, I didn't see anything about he... that when I was when I was yeah. looking through it. But he. Um, because he became weirdly a heartthrob, despite his kind of strange look and his his lack of you know movements on stage, and and obviously like really influenced by um, Elvis in his um, you know vocal performance and everything, and um, but but yeah a very yeah kind of a late Elvis shades and okay. Yeah. Just yeah, weird weird guy. Um, but interesting. Yeah. Yeah, completely. So Neil hangs up the phone and then he sits on the bed and he crosses his legs and his arms together. Okay. Mm. So what do you know anything about like body language and stuff like that? Uh maybe a little bit. Let me see. Uh so what would you think that it means when someone is crossing their arms? And uh, then we'll we'll figure out whether it's it's what we think of Neil. Yeah, interesting. So on 71 here. Um yeah, I mean cross arms is is closed. Um well, I mean he's obviously just like very fed up facially in the performance. But yeah, when you're crossing your arms in body language terms, you're closing yourself off to what's what's coming at you and you're um you're kind of almost like issuing a challenge to the person that you're speaking to. Our certain person is trying to get a message to you. You're kind of like, yeah, you know, you're you're standing off and you're and you're you're kind of rejecting. Okay. Um, but 
but then yeah he's just but of course there's nobody else here so it's not that kind of dynamic it's not uh, an interpersonal body language so i think i just see a, a kind of a harumph a real fed up kind of yeah like my one little thing that i was gonna have tonight is a quick call with my wife plus i know she's worried and you know um so he's and just angry kind of, yeah 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 right. um, so yeah, based so on Based on the research that I did, so uh, someone crossing their arms like this would mean that they are distant, insecure, anxious, defensive, or stubborn. Yeah. Okay, now, I would think that he's stubborn because of the fact that he doesn't want to let, you know, he doesn't want to share his room with Dell. Yes. You know, that type of thing. And what about what about crossing your legs like that? What would you think that is? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to. So, so what I found here is that it yeah. means that, that someone is sitting confident and dominant. Now, I wouldn't necessarily oh, right. think that here. Yeah. You know, no. maybe he's trying to convince himself that he's being confident and dominant yes. here because yeah. he's made yeah. the right decision or whatever. Yeah. Mm. And then the, the shot takes us outside and we see Dell walking over to the, the burnt car. And, you know, he opens the door, gets in. And we see a shot of the door saying room six of the motel. And then yeah. we see the light go out, you know, and yeah. he's sitting so, in the car, you know, by himself. And then snow begins to fall. Now I did a little bit of research and there was no snow anywhere in this general area of where this movie takes place on this, on November 25th, 1986, <laughs> 87, excuse me, on November 25th, 1987. Which, which would have been the future for them when, when yes. shooting. Correct. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned to me beforehand, you know, that, that you love the, 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 the scene with where they start talking about the, the Bears football game. And yeah. in that one, they were correct with their prophecy. Oh, really? It was a squeaker. It was a game that, that went to the very, very last moment. That oh, week. excellent. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. They, they got Bears that one game right. last week. Exactly. Yeah, good. Right. And we see the Dell is. Did very they go fun. all the way? I, I believe they won then. I, I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember. So there was he, there was one. That's what John Candy says. Yeah, they got a great team this year. They're going to go all the way. Oh no, they didn't go all the way that year. Okay. okay. No, that oh, they didn't. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. I think you meant in the particular game. No, no, no. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, I think it was '85 that they they won everything. They won. So okay. we see that the Dell is is bundled up really well, and in as he's sitting in this burnt out car, it must be in in this world or this universe where this takes place <laughs> it's very cold even though yeah. in in our universe it doesn't and then he starts talking to himself he gives us this little uh, uh soliloquy uh where he's talking to marie and the audience at the same time to to mm -hmm. basically see if we're paying attention so he goes well marie once again my dear you were as right as rain i am without a doubt the biggest pain in the butt that ever came down the pike yeah. Have you ever heard that phrase before? I ever came down the pike? Down, down the pike, yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean, I heard it for years and missed her, always misheard it as down the pipe um, because I didn't know what a pike was, you know. And obviously, um, the, I'm very familiar now with the New Jersey Turnpike uh, from a certain <laughs> Movies by Minute show that I'm uh, presiding over. And so I know that a pike is a road. So, yeah, something that just came down the road. Um but uh, but yeah, so down I I used to see, hear this thing in American movies down the pike and uh, just thought it was down the pipe for years. Right. So but, it basically uh, means that it's something that's going to happen sometime soon. Yeah. 
yeah but in this case it's yeah, yeah. he's using it in a weird way yeah right he's he's just saying that came down the pike like you know that was ever born is or ever ever came to be is what yes. it means here yeah right and so so like one of the things that i was looking up is you know you mentioned about the new jersey turnpike so yeah. i was thinking okay that there must be some connection between pike and the road as you said yeah so yeah. the the first example of the of the of a, the word turnpike is found in the oxford english dictionary from 1420 Wow. And it was referring to a spiked barrier that was fixed in or across a road as a defensive me mechanism. Okay. It later became known as a barrier that was placed across a road, particularly to pay a toll. Okay. Very good. The and modern so that, turnpike still have the turnpike. Yeah. That's right. The modern turnpike still have types of uh, barriers, uh, but usually there's a person in a bright yellow orange vest inside uh, who is much more pleasant if you have exact change. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah. I, I found that interesting, and I also found in this article. I'm not going to read the whole thing now. That a lot of people do uh, confuse pike and pipe, as you mentioned. Yes. So, yeah. I certainly did. Yeah. Because you just kind of you just kind of go with your frame of reference, and it's like, well, pike is just not a word that I knew at all. So you go, oh, it must be pipe. Yeah. Exactly. So then he gives this big sigh uh, as he's as he's talking, and then he goes. I meet someone whose company I really enjoy. What do I do? I go overboard. I smother the poor soul. I cause him more trouble than he has the right to. God, I got a big mouth. And then he gives enough, another big sigh. And that's actually basically how the, the minute ends. Right? Yeah. But, but this, this little soliloquy, which is basically 30 seconds of him talking, it, it tells us so much about his nature. Yeah. You know, he's this happy-go-lucky guy. And he's always trying to do what's right. And just for whatever reason, it just didn't work for him this time. Uh, yeah. And the self-recrimination, you know, they're like, oh, I'm a big dummy. I got a big mouth. And he's just, he's really beating up on himself here. Yeah, and um, and it makes, it's just kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. And uh, John Candy just plays it so beautiful. It's he, he's a very straightforward actor. It's just simple. He's not, you know. I think a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of comedic actors tend to make good dramatic actors, and and, and he's making that transition beautifully here in little yeah. moments like this, where, you know, because um, had he had he had many starring roles before this, yeah, he did, he did. Okay, yeah. Uh, not that many, he but had, he was he was, yeah. he was starting to come in on his own at that point. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm just wondering, had he done stuff like this before? It was a bit more sentimental. Um, but he, I, the thing, the thing about the the kind of you could easily dismiss moments like this. And as we get into this part of the movie now, we're I suppose we're at the end of the second act because things are going gone downhill yeah. and they're mm -hmm. and they're, um, uh, um. And and as you get into that part of the movie, it's where they start bringing in the more kind of maudlin, sentimental side of things. But I think it's something John Hughes is great at. And he, he, because he plays it, it's not exactly subtle. He doesn't play a light hand with, with emotional scenes like this, but he really pulls it off and he gets, um, and he gets the right actors to do it. And it's, it feels earned in the story. You know, yeah. and we've spent enough time 
with these guys going through all of this this hell and um <laughs> I was watching the minutes for this before rewatching the movie. So I've just rewatched the movie and it's very fresh in my head and I was kind of thinking like god he's really beating himself up and sure probably half of the stuff was really um was was really Neil's fault anyway and then I watched the movie again it's like no it's it's pretty bad what he has done yeah. I mean yeah. and with, they cut they cut out a lot of the, the stuff the number of awful things he has done uh in just in the car just like you know driving off the road um we're nearly killing them and then you yeah. know we hit a deer and he set the car on fire and <laughs> yeah. he uh he drove uh through through between the trucks um so he like I, you know, nobody should beat themselves up like this. It's not healthy, but you know, he does have a lot to beat himself up about. And what does he say? He doesn't say I was irresponsible and set the car on fire and uh, nearly killed us in a crash. He says, I got a big mouth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. All right. So do you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the script? Um. No, that's that's all here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, totally so the, the script for this minute actually starts with an entire two-page scene that doesn't appear in the movie at all. It's it's one of the ones that was wow. cut out that that I mentioned earlier with with Susan. So I assume after instead of showing Susan lying in bed, so we have a shot of Susan, I guess, in the kitchen with her mother-in-law, um, uh-huh. Neil's mother named Peg, and yeah. Peg says that has nothing to do with with his being stranded. And Susan goes, he's not stranded, mother. Quit being so optimistic. He's fallen in love. He's trapped between me and the kids and someone else. He doesn't call tonight because he didn't call tonight because he's scared to tell me the truth. So then she goes, Mm. that's absurd. She goes, is it? Of course it is. Does anything he said on the phone over the past two days make sense? The airport's open, the highways are clear, everything's back to normal, and where's Neil? Stuck on the road with a salesman. Can you imagine Neil spending three seconds with this character he's described? If he's going to invent someone, for God's sakes, he didn't have to go as far from reality as he has. So then, No, I like then, that. Yeah. Then she goes, maybe he's embellished it a bit, but she goes, a bit? Marty comes up with more plus Marty, their daughter, comes up with more yeah. plausible characters in her nightmares. If Neil wanted to be home, he'd be home. He has money. He has credit cards. There's no good reason he's not here except. And then she goes, I refuse to believe that Neil would be doing anything that you're suggesting. You just don't want to believe it. He doesn't love me. I know it. I accept it. I'm going to put on my best front, give the kids as warm and loving a holiday as I can. Then Friday morning, we're gone. Okay, so you see that this wow. is getting a little. And it goes. She stands, picks up her teacup, takes it to the sink, and crosses to the door. And then Susan turns around and says, "He paid for the house. It's his, and he can share it with his darling Dell." So then she exits <laughs> into the dark dining room. So again, you know, I, I don't remember if that's supposed to be his mother, Neil's mother, or Susan's mother. I don't think it really yeah. makes a difference. You know, she's having this conversation, and then they show that the motel room. They show Neil in bed. They show the you know, he flush the pillows and and uh, and then we should they show Dell sitting down in the burnt out car, and then they actually have a line now that we'll talk about tomorrow. So I'll I'll just quickly say the line, but we can talk about it tomorrow. Cool. Where he says, uh, "What did I do to get this get hooked up with that oaf?" Okay, that's all oh, he says. Cool. Yeah, and then we see Dell getting trying to get comfortable inside of the car, and then he looks up into the sky. And then he has part of his soliloquy here where he says, Marie, honey, 
you're right as rain. I'm the biggest pain in the butt that ever came down the pike. I meet a guy whose company I really enjoy, and I go overboard, smother the poor soul, causing more problems than he has a right to. And that's pretty much what they have here for the for the man. As is, yeah. 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 Um, it's interesting because it does, like, it. if it were in there, it would certainly fix the problem of the wife not having much of a part in the movie but yeah but it would make her um it would make us resent her more do you think so yes because i i I think the scene i see i think that scene does a pretty good job of making her theory believable you know what i mean that like no but we know the truth but we know the truth that's the whole thing we see yeah and and again every single one of these these times that she speaks on the phone with him and she slams the phone down and starts yelling at him and stuff like that it would completely change the tone of what we would think of her you know here in the in the final cut she's a supportive wife who's who doesn't have as you said her her character is not developed but we still get an idea of who she is and and that and that she and neil are in love but if you have all of these in there, it adds too much conflict. I mean, Neil has enough trouble with Dell. We don't need him to be yeah. dealing also with trouble at home. Yeah, and it's also a scene that's like no comedy, you know? Yeah, I mean, exactly. you know, maybe it's slightly, there's slightly funny ideas of it being completely unbelievable and we, the audience, know that it's really happening in the movie. So that offers a little bit of um, dramatic irony, but it's not exactly... It's not exactly chuckles, um, right? Exactly. But uh, but yeah. So and and just you know, comedies work better at, at these when you keep it punchy, you keep the thing moving, yeah. and um, and you're not you know you're not getting on you're not getting in too many dramatic storylines. Yeah. Yeah. So every Monday we have a segment called Martin Monday where my guests will give their top five Steve Martin movies. So Austin, do you by any chance have a top five for us? why yes i do (laughs) hastily prepared in the green room uh, just now when i found out the assignment um yeah yeah, i'm kind of i i i I, because i didn't have much time to think about i'm i'm absolutely kind of shooting from the hip and going with my with my heart um on this one that's the way you always do these things you know yeah exactly so i think yeah because and it's all to do with childhood memories as well because just steve martin to me is just I mean, just a huge part of my kind of movie upbringing because these are these are all like VHS movies to me in general, uh, apart from one. And they're just from that era of childhood when you're just watching as many movies as you can. And Steve Martin was just kind of a, you know, a mark of quality for what you were going to have. You were just going to have a good time. Um, so for number five, I've actually picked not one of those classics, not okay. one of those from that era, a much later one, I think 1999, underrated classic Bowfinger. I don't know if many people have, have chosen chosen Bowfinger. It has been chosen by a number of people and it was even okay. the number one for some of those people. So, wow, really? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm I'm kind of glad to hear that it's getting its... Because, like, that movie came out, it had no business being good. It just, <laughs> there was like, there, you know, Eddie Murphy hadn't done anything interesting or funny in, 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 on, in movies in years and neither had Steve Martin. Yeah. And there was just, there was no reason for it to be good. And um, my brother happened to see it in the cinema and I was going to the cinema I was like, and he was raving about it. I was like, wow, he, you know, he, he's not going to recommend something unless it's funny. And I just laughed my butt off. It is really, really funny. And I've just, and it's a, per, it's a perfect role for Steve Martin. He's, he's kind of, 
it's it's less the uptight Steve Martin that we see here, which a lot of his roles are, but it's more the kind of um, sleazy shyster, a little bit of dirty rotten scoundrels kind of uh, Steve Martin, where it's um, where it's uh, yeah, he's Bowfinger, he's he's wheeling and dealing and trying to make this thing happen, you know. So uh, yeah, I love Bowfinger. Okay, great. Uh, okay, um, move along. Number four. Number four, uh, I'm going to choose Parenthood. Um, I just I love. An ensemble movie. Obviously, this is not a Steve Martin vehicle, but he's amazing in it. It is it is uptight Steve Martin, definitely. He's that kind of, but he's also an entertainer in it. And I love his his uh, character in this, and I love how he fits into the whole family dynamic. And also, just pour one out for ensemble movies. You know, yeah. we we've you and you and I have both done uh, Silverado minutes, and uh, my episodes have come out already, and your episodes, I believe, are today. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah. So, just having an ensemble cast and having a lot of different strands going through a movie is something that's just not done as much nowadays. And I really, yeah, I just think it, this is Parenthood is a great cast and great. Um, yeah, as a kid, I just I was only paying attention to some of the you know what I mean to, right. to the, the the kind of comedy set pieces. But it has really that's one of those movies that really grows with you, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna place again just because I'm following my heart and I'm doing what I loved as a kid and everything. I'm gonna put Planes, Trains, and Automobiles at number three. Okay, um, it's it is amazing. I just I loved it as a kid and I loved um, it, again. It's very much a VHS or maybe catch it on TV kind of a movie from from that era and um, this yeah I mean we're talking loads about it so I won't won't go into yeah. to, too much more about it um, I'm going to put the jerk at number two and again this is like where my heart lies it's not so much I I would put the jerk probably higher maybe at the top as like in terms of how good it is and how Steve Martin it is you know um, I love the jerk and I love um, uh, yeah, just it's a jerk. What can you say? You know what yeah. I mean? It's 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 okay. his real, it's his real, you know, movie debut that that showed him off, and and when they found out how to how to make it work uh, for him, and it's uh, Carl Reiner, isn't it? The jerk, um, is. yeah, Carl yeah, and he's just just amazing, and I quote that all the time, and anytime <laughs> I'm getting you know the last few things from the house, it'll be like. <laughs> And my keys, and that's all I need. I don't need anything else. And my wallet, and that's all I need. I don't need anything else. And this paddle game, and that's all. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's just like the jerk is just part, part of our life here. And for number one, I'm going to put, and, again, this is because it's to do with my childhood, my memories of growing up with him, Steve Martin, in Little Shop of Horrors. Um, because, to me... I just, I, it's one of those movies I had it taped off TV. I watched it over and over again and I just worshipped Steve Martin, the dentist, Steve Martin's dentist in this movie. And I, I learned the song and I did all the actions and I just like, this was a big kind of, yeah, that was a big like hero worship uh, for me of that. I just, I love that scene. And of course that's, not just that scene, he is in a few more scenes in the movie, of course, but it's the big musical number that he has. And of course, Bill Murray makes an amazing cameo in it. And early in the movie, of course, John Candy is as a cameo as the as the radio DJ. Yes. And um, so Little Shop, just 
from that Steve Martin um, look at him go, just watching that song over and over again as a kid. That was huge. Right, so that's great. my number one. Thank you very much. So a uh, segment that we have every day is the off the beaten track segment where either my guest or myself will give a little adventure or misadventure or something that happened to us uh, somewhere along the journey of life. And, and mm. you know, everyone now gets another story from me. It's been a while since I gave a story, but I, I got another one. Excellent. I got a really good one, which, which works really well with this minute because it took place in the middle of the night. Now we saw last week that uh, Neil's watch said that it was, I think, 1230 before he gave it over uh-huh. to uh Gennaro. but he still um it's it must be after one o'clock in the morning at this point so i remember a story okay. that back in 1994 i was visiting uh my, i was visiting my parents and i a friend of mine was was at the university of michigan so he was yeah. in ann arbor so the trip from from where i grew up in the suburbs to ann arbor is probably about 45 minutes to an hour so Saturday night, I decided I was going to go visit my friend. I went and visited him. We went to go see a late showing of the movie Stargate, which had just uh, come out. You know, enjoyed oh, it. Yeah. And then as soon as it was over, we snuck into another theater and caught the last, I think, half hour or 45 minutes of Star Trek Generations, which I had already seen. But you know, oh, of course, we, we yeah, saw it yeah. again. And then we, we finally got back to, to my friend's dorm room. Probably it was... It was two, three o'clock in the morning, something like that. And I was debating whether I would sleep a few hours by him before I go home or whether I would just go home. And I, I said, well, if I'm going to sleep two or three hours, I'm going to be tired. So I yeah. might as well, I'll be more tired. So I might as well just yeah. drive home. So I started driving home at this hour. Uh, picture four o'clock in the morning, driving along the highway oh, yeah. from Ann Arbor to uh, Southfield. Uh, near you know, which is a suburb of Detroit. I it's yeah. I, I actually grew up two miles away from eight mile where you know the, the movie right. eight mile came up. So I was near ten mile and I was driving home and I started feeling very tired. And oh, there's nothing could between go these two between these 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 two places. You know, just mm-hmm. open road. So I turned the air this was in the summer. I turned the air yeah. conditioning on full blast. And I turned the radio on yeah. really, really loud to try and keep myself awake. I finally got home. Okay, so I got home. I think it was like 4.30 in the morning, something like that. And I opened the door to my to my parents' house, and the yeah. alarm goes off. <gasps> okay. Now, uh... my parents had two different settings on the alarm. You have the setting that gives you, you know, 10 seconds to, to run to turn off the alarm, or the yeah. setting that you would they would put on at night where if you – Someone opens the door, the alarm goes off. They didn't expect me to come back. We assumed that I was going to be staying in Ann Arbor that night. And, you know, I opened the door, set off the alarm, wake up my parents, scare the crap out of them because they don't know what's going on. They're, they're wondering why, you know, someone is, is opening, is coming into the house at that hour and stuff like that. So, you know, obviously I explained it to them, but I cannot remember in the 28 years since then or even the few years before then when I was driving, when I was so tired when I was driving. That was the wow. most tired that I yeah. feel that I've ever been. So Yeah, it, it's scary. It um, was scary. Being that, it definitely being was that, scary. Uh, close. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that that's my little a, uh, off the beaten track story. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to try and think of one for uh, for tomorrow. No, I'm sure you'll have later in the week. Don't, don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Austin, you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you? 
Yeah, so if you visit um, MalkovichMinute.net, I'm not making people type out Malkovich, Malkovich Minute, Minute every time. Um, if you go there, you'll see all the links for, you know, Instagram and um, uh, Twitter and all that. And uh, yeah, you if you haven't subscribed already, there's like uh, 25 bingeable episodes and then the rest of them will come along whenever they come along. And uh, yeah, so reach out to me. Uh, it's been really cool having people reach out. Um, the listenership hasn't been huge. That's fine. I never really expected it to. But people I completely don't know just reaching out and say, hey, when's the podcast coming back? And um, so I, I've uh, by the time we go out, you know, people will have heard I've got a little announcement episode um, on a certain date in April. And um and so, yeah, it, it was. It's been. It's been cool. So, so Malkovich minute. Well, that's how we. That's how we got you connected. Go. You know, absolutely. Yeah, Same way. yeah. You know, all those many, many yeah. moons ago. You know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to find me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook, and you can find my website. And as Austin teased a little earlier, this week I'm actually on. I'm one of the hosts I hosted with, with my good friend, Todd Liebenau, okay. where we actually did the entire week of, of Silverado Minute together. So you can actually listen this week to episodes 71 through 75 and nice. hear, hear what we have to say about that movie. Now, for anyone who's interested, Movies by Minute, as of, as of the recording, there are over 220 different Movies by Minute podcasts out there. You can go to the website, movies, um, moviesbyminute.com, see all of them. You'll probably find some movie that you love that you can listen to, Movies by Minute. Besides, obviously, keep listening to this one and, and obviously keep listening to Malcolmich, Malcolmich <laughs> in a Minute. But, you know, try, you can find stuff that, that you're going to like and listen to them. And as Jim always says, you can even find stuff that's not on the list. And if that's the case, maybe you actually want to go do one of it yourself. You know, there it's you a lot go. of fun. It's it's a very friendly uh, group where we, we all help. Yeah. Great community. We all help each other and try to try to help make these as much fun as possible. And it's also Absolutely. cool to think about that. You know, there are let's say 300 people in the world that can do what we do, which which makes us quite unique out of the the billions <laughs> on the earth. You know, I mentioned that Excellent. I mentioned that to one of my sons at one point. He goes, "What do you get out of this?" And I said, first of all, I enjoy it, and second of all, yeah. Think about it. How many people in the world do this? You know, we have yeah. a planet with, you know, what is it? Six billion people or whatever the number is. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know the number. And over seven now. Yeah. Okay. So and and yeah. what is there? There's there's 300 people that have hosted this community have hosted yeah. the movies by minute. The global elite. There you go. <laughs> of course. That's what we are. All right. Well, uh, Austin, you feel like coming back again tomorrow? I surely will. All right. Well, until tomorrow, you're fine. You're fine.